Hey feminist friends and welcome to Real Feminism, the podcast where we discuss films from an intersectional feminist perspective. I'm your host Jo and today I'm joined by two fabulous co-hosts, Aman and Kareen. Hey! Hi! Today we're discussing Promising Young Women, but before we get into that, let's have a chat and see how we're all doing. Aman, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. This week has been... An interesting one. I know some people are going to say that I'm a bit weird, but it's been a full moon. So it's definitely been a full moon week. Very up and down. I feel that. It's been, I was saying before we started recording that I feel like I'm due on my period. I had my period last week and I don't think I'm pregnant because I haven't had sex since I've had my period. So I'm just like, what is going on? And knowing it's full moon, I'm like, okay, it's not me. It's the mood. It's fine. <laughs> How about you, Corinne? Have you been feeling the effects of the full moon? Um, I don't think so. It was like this week or last week? It was on Monday. It kind of, it became full on Monday. So it was really intense. Okay. So no, actually, this week has been a good week so far. I mean, it's only Wednesday. So yeah. Yeah, I've, I've just had such a struggle bus week. I don't know what, well, I started CBT on Monday, which is never fun. Any kind of counselling. And one of the questions he asked was, what's the most negative thing you think about yourself? I was like, I don't want to think about that. It's sad. But it's fine. In good news, there's a local farm literally around the corner from where I live. And they have lambs. And they're so cute. Oh, is that what the pictures were on your Instagram? Yeah, little lambs. So I've been going on lunch trips to see the lambs, which has been really, really nice. They're adorable. One of them did size me up for a while. It was just sort of stood staring at me and then would come a bit closer and then stopped and stared at me. I was like, hey, can I help you, little lamb? I'm just watching. I haven't got any food. I'm not going to touch you because there are signs up saying not to touch you. Just just looking. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just a lamb boyer. <laughs> Go enjoy yourself. <laughs> God. They're very cute, though. It's really nice having countryside around the corner Mm. so as I mentioned earlier we're talking about promising young woman which I think everyone is going to have heard about by now given that the writer won the Oscar for best original screenplay and so it got best British film and best original screenplay at the BAFTAs yes it came out in 2020 which surprised me because I forget that anything came out in 2020 promotion started in 2020 and I remember that actually I've been waiting to this movie for a while because I saw the trailer maybe like over a year ago and thinking mm-hmm. it was great. And then it was supposed to come out in the theater and in, in the cinema in the UK last April, but then COVID happened and the cinema closed and then it was postponed for another year. Yeah. And actually never came to the cinema because it's now on our TV and Sky. I felt like I've been waiting for this film for so <laughs> because obviously they postponed it I've never heard of it I've never heard of it before the Oscar win okay oh. I don't know why I had I'd seen the trailer for it and heard I think people talking about it and it was on my list and then obviously Covid happened and I remember thinking when it did then go I think I kept seeing it and thinking is that not out yet I'm sure I heard about that a year ago but yeah there's obviously been a lot going on so the director, writer and producer of this film is Emerald Fennell, who is a fairly well-known actress in the UK. She's in The Crown. She plays Camilla Parker Bowles in The Crown. She's also in Call the Midwife, which is one of my favourite shows. And she's, I think she was one of the writers on Killing Eve in the second series. So she's been doing a lot of stuff. I think this is her first feature film. 
and she's, she's done really well. So it's a pretty good debut. And then in the producers, six out of 11 of them were women, including Margot Robbie and Carrie Mulligan. But everyone involved in the film is white, which I think is going to be the main downside to the film is that there's only one character in the film who isn't white too who's the other one the guy who tried to pick her up and uh, oh yeah oh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. the one with the fedora yeah <laughs> yeah Ooh, how to describe this film? i mean number one if you haven't seen this film probably don't listen to this episode because it's definitely a film where you don't want it spoiled for you and i I didn't see the ending coming. I was really shocked by the way. I don't know about you guys, but when I was watching it, I was like, is she, what's going to happen? What's she doing to the men? What's going to happen to her in the end? And it felt quite unpredictable. So if you haven't seen it yet, get a free subscription to Now TV. Get a trial for seven (laughs) days or 14 days or however much it is. Watch Promising Young Woman and every other film on there and then cancel your subscription and then come back and listen to this. Okay, so the film centres around these two friends, Cassie and Nina, one of whom you find out has died by suicide. And as the film goes on, you realise that she was raped at university by, I guess, one of their friends, one of their cohorts at uni. And Cassie, since her friend has died, has sort of taken it upon herself to get revenge on men. She goes out on nights out and pretends to be really drunk. And then when they take her home, she basically says this is wrong, don't do this, and freaks them out. How can I sum this up in a way it's more succinct than the rambling way that I'm going? It's a hard movie to describe because it's a revenge, it's a revenge movie. Mm. It's also a comedy because some part of, some part of it is funny, but yeah. it's also a thriller. And yeah, it's difficult to put it in one genre. Yeah. And she, she ends up deciding to take revenge out on not just the man who'd raped Nina, but on all of the people involved in letting him get away with what happened. So, yeah, I guess it's, it is a revenge film. It is funny. There is kind of romance in it. And it is really tense a lot of the time as well. So Cassie is the lady that I just mentioned, best friends with Nina. She's our main character. And then the others... We've got Gail on the intersectional side, who's played by Lauren, Le- no, Laverne Cox. Yeah. Lauren Laverne is a radio presenter who's very different to Laverne Cox. So Laverne Cox is playing Gail, who's both her friend and her manager at the coffee shop that Cassie works at. We have Madison, who's played by Alison Bree. She is someone who used to be friends with Cassie and Nina at school. We have Dean Walker and her daughter Amber. We've got Mrs. Fisher, who's Nina's mum. We've got Susan, who's Cassie's mum. And then, as I mentioned on the intersectional side, we have Gail and then Paul, who is one of the men that she tries to take home to... I don't know how to describe in one word what she's doing, but he's one of the guys that she tries to... that she almost goes home with. The film passes the female Bechdel tests. There aren't enough intersectional characters in it for it to pass the intersectional tests. And of the two that are in it, they don't meet at any point, so... It doesn't pass that. And I think that's the only thing about the film that holds it back for me is that it is quite white. Other than Gail, and I know one of the guys she tries to take home isn't white, but everyone else is. You know, like even at the the end where they're having the bachelor party. Yeah. Everyone is white. Yeah, no, no, this, this is very true. But I also think that if you would, it's, it's I'm not saying that it, it should be this way, 
but it would have been a different movie if some of the characters were like Latino or black or it would have changed some part of the movie. Like I think the like the way we look at the movie. And I, and I think this movie is also made to be very like black and white in a way. And because of this, all the men, I mean, all the men are seen like people seem to think everything is fine when really they're the worst. And the fact that they're all white men kind of like mm. give you like a metaphor like what society is in a way. That's how I see it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, actually, because when I was reflecting, it's demonstrating the white male privilege yeah. Yeah. completely, isn't it? Because they've had their lives, like the guy that actually was a perpetrator, he's like a well-renowned, you know, successful surgeon or whatever he is, and he's getting married. And, you know, he doesn't even realise the destruction he's causing in the, you know, well, that he leaves behind. So I was thinking about that. And also, is it trying to reflect like the frat boy experience that they have you know boys will be boys it's all right they're at college they don't really know what they're doing everyone was drunk I did wonder whether maybe Dean Walker could have been not white but yeah I, I was sort of thinking too that obviously race is tied up in like if you have characters on the screen who aren't white to just ignore that race plays a role in their lives and in the story and the way it would have created the story is wrong but it just then is a shame that we're still seeing more white people on the screen if that makes sense yeah but is this a story that needed to be told by white people about white people yeah i agree with the amen on this like i think it's uh i understand what you got where you're coming from when you say this but i also think there is a reason for it too mm. and for me Obviously, there's more story to be told, and I think there should be more movies with more diversity. But in this story in particular, I actually understand what shows of the like the color of the people in the movie, because they represent the white male privilege. Mm-hmm. Most of them, and the woman, the the dean, but also the, the woman used to be a friend, also represent the woman, the white feminism, or the like the white mm-hmm. the white woman who just like. They seem to think they're doing the best for women, but they're just protecting the men who have the privilege. I haven't thought about that enough. But also as being the only white one on this episode, I feel like I can't be like, I'm happy with it being white. (laughs) 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 But I do love that Laverne Cox is in it because for people who aren't aware, she's a trans woman. And I think a lot of the roles she's played, that's been a big part of the role. Whereas in this film, the fact that she's trans isn't mentioned. And I think it's really nice that she, as an actress, is just playing a woman and it doesn't have to be all about her being trans. She can just be who she is, I guess, in the in the show. And I think, because I, I remember a while ago thinking it would be really nice to see trans actors who get to play, I don't want to say cis roles because I don't want to erase who they are, but it would be nice to see them playing roles where the whole of their character isn't that they're trans and they're transitioning and whatever it is she looks beautiful yeah she is stunning other than Laverne Cox being in the show as just a woman rather than having to be trans I also really liked that throughout this film the words rape and suicide aren't used and that made me really happy I guess with a lot of rape revenge films you often see the rape happening or there's a big focus around the act itself. Whereas in this film, you don't see it. You see Cassie watching the video of what happened to Nina 
but no one even says the word rape. And it kind of just goes to show that you don't need that. Like, we all know what happened to her. We can all figure that out. I'm pretty sure they don't mention it. No, I was going to say, is that because only Cassie thought it was a rape? Because everyone else thought it was a bit of fun and they didn't see what the issue was. Maybe to make it more of like a grey area. Because the way they describe it is, oh, she was up for it. You know, she didn't say no, um, but clearly she was quite drunk. But is it trying to show people that, yeah, it's not, it doesn't always have to be like aggressive, full on, you know, like holding people down. It could just be like subtle, like those guys taking a drunk girl home and taking advantage of them. Yeah, I didn't thought about it this way. I, I think you're right about this. But also yeah. the fact that they didn't show us also I think was great yeah. because, I mean, I'm sorry, but all the cop shows, all the like action movies, when the woman get raped, we get to see it. They get to explain what happened, and it's like you couldn't get attached to the to the to actual fact unless you actually see it or tell or somebody tells you the details. Mm. And I feel like this movie, we all knew what happened. We didn't have to imagine it. We just knew it was there, and we don't have to say the word. And you just know this is bad, and that, and you see the pain in her also. I think. And that's, you don't need to, to, to understand what happened. You just know she's, she's sad. And that changed her forever. Without yeah. anything, which I think is very powerful. I think it goes to show a big difference between having a woman writing and directing this film as opposed to a man. Because I think for women watching that film, even if we ourselves haven't been in the same situation as Nina, we can very easily imagine ourselves being in that situation. Whereas I wonder when men are writing and directing it, they're like, we need to spell out for people what this is going to be like. Whereas it's just, we're like, yeah, we get it. We can picture in our heads. We've had that fear our whole lives and we don't need to be shown. Yeah. And also I think it's for the guy's perspective, if guys are watching it, for them to show, like you don't have to be violent with it. Like these guys are all like, oh, I'm a nice guy. I was trying to do you a favour. You know, they don't think that they've done anything wrong because when guys write about rape, men write about rape in films, it's always so dramatic and so violent. So guys will be like, I would never do that to a woman. So how dare you say I'm forcing you? Whereas this is like, this could be any guy. And some guys might be thinking, shit, I did that. You know, it's that whole shaming without saying it. I mean, yeah, when you see the three different guys who pick her up, first of all, the fact that they start with this, make me so uncomfortable and so like this is so what some guys do and also very mad about it because there's this scene when you see like i'm always wondering how can a guy enjoy this he thinks she's drunk that she could not consent she barely can do anything and you see him kissing her like she doesn't react to the kiss and the scene the fact that they show the whole scene i think it's also amazing because you're just like how do you think this is okay to do this? And you mm-hmm. have the three, the, the three different guys and how they react. And they're very, very differently. But still, like, I'm a nice guy. Like, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't do anything. And you're just like, but think about, like, watching you make me want to puke. Like, because I'm seeing you kissing a woman. The guy who tried to make her take cocaine is also, like, <laughs> <laughs> Also, your reaction in that situation should tell you you're doing something wrong. If she sits up and goes, what the fuck are you doing? And you're not doing anything wrong. You shouldn't be like, oh, my God, oh, my God. You'd just be like, oh, I thought you were into it. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
you you wouldn't be so shocked with that reaction. They were all so freaked out. Yeah. Like, wait, you're sober? Yeah. Like, like oh my yeah, God. Yeah. yeah. Just been thinking about it with some friends and we're just reflecting on there's been times when we've all kind of said, no, we don't want to have sex with someone that we're dating. And the, the person's like, oh yeah, fine. But then they kind of push it a little bit, don't they? Like, I'm okay to kiss you and make out and cuddle. But then suddenly their hand goes down your pants and you feel like, okay, 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 th- this I don't mind. And then it goes further. And then you get, you go along with it. But then after you're like, I actually really didn't want to. And I felt like I was like, I should have done. And, you know, and then the, and if you were to bring it up with a guy, I'm sure their reaction would be, I didn't force you, you could have said no. Yeah. You know? And I know I've spoken to a male friend and they said it took them about 45 minutes to get there. But they were like, yeah, I can. But we've been so conditioned as men to go. It's OK. We'll just push it a bit. But if the girl really doesn't want it, she'll say no. And I think if yeah. you're like a strong girl, like, you know, we're quite vocal. Then guys expect it more from us because they think that we'll definitely say no. Um, I was just thinking because there's that whole um idea that men should be chasing women and women shouldn't give in too easily which doesn't help and then also I think a pressure on women to make sure they're sexually pleasing the men that they're with and not to be that prude in air quotes woman who doesn't want sex because I've definitely had that too where I've um, even if it's just more not as much in relationships but like on dates and stuff I thought oh it's just easier to have sex than to not yeah as as a teenager it can feel really hard as well to say no I think as you get older it gets easier but it can still feel if you've already said no I'm not really in the mood and someone's continuing it can be really hard it just often just feels easier to be like okay well we'll just go along with this then and it'll be over soon (laughs) yeah a minute or so and then it'll be done and I can go to sleep I think I've been really lucky with the people I've dated and I remember in my last relationship I think we'd had a we'd been to a party so we were both quite drunk and I was really into having sex really wanted to have sex and then a split second later I was like I really don't want to I feel a bit sick I'm too drunk and that was fine I said to my partner actually I've completely changed my mind he was like yeah no worries that's fine and I remember the next day thinking oh my god that could easily have not gone a good way there would have been so many men who would have thought, but she'd said yes, and she was really into it, and they wouldn't have listened to me then all of a sudden thinking, oh, I've completely lost interest. Because <laughs> it was just like a split second of, nah, I don't want to do this now. I'm too drunk. And I remember feeling really glad that the guy I was with had listened, and then we'd just gone to sleep, and it was fine but that doesn't happen for everyone no and I think a decent guy would be like that's fine but I think the fact that that thought even crossed your mind says a lot Mm. but most girls probably wouldn't have even said no yeah they wouldn't want to like make it awkward yeah they would have thought oh I've got him in the mood now so I have to have sex with him yeah it's the right thing to do going back to that first guy she takes home when you were mentioning Kareem him kissing her and she's just not moving and then after he says something like oh man that's great or something and I was like she's not moving and the drink he gives her that kumquat like like very little for him and like a full glass for her when he knows she's like fully drunk this is when the nice guy act just 
like it's over. Like the minute you get her more drunk than you, like even more drunk than she already is. And that also you took her to your house yeah. that you should take her to her house. And oh my God, this scene is so disturbing. But also I think it's also the, the perfect image of rape culture because they think this is fine and we think this is fine because she didn't say no. She didn't say no until she says, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then you realize she's not Trump, but he didn't like... Wasn't she saying like, oh, I'm not, like, I'm not okay? Or wasn't she like indicating that I think she was saying like, wait, what are you doing? I don't think she says, no, No, I don't want to have sex, which I think is what a lot of men look out for. Yeah. That actual no. Um, Because I think the the education around consent is trying to be changed instead of saying it's up to someone to say no to actually look for someone saying yes and to be giving signs physically and verbally that they want to have sex rather than someone having to say no I don't want this because I don't think she says no but she says that she's tired that she wants to go home that she's not okay that she's feeling sick but they just like no no you're fine Mm. No, no, you're going to be okay. I'll take care of you. And like, she never shows any sign of saying that she wants to be part of this, but they just assume that she's fine because she didn't say no. And also I think it's the guys in, you know, at the beginning, they're encouraging him. Mm. That's also what's worrying is that that they're all in on it. Yeah. And also because like, you know, when they arrive at the bar and basically the the guy, uh, Sam Richardson, the black guy says like, oh, she's asking for it because she's drunk. And you're like, just there, like it's that's the beginning of rap culture because this is like she's drunk, she's unconscious. So if something bad happened to her, that's her fault because she put herself in danger. Which is also the same as like when she's go and see the dean of the university, basically she says the same thing, like you shouldn't put yourself, mm. uh, you shouldn't be vulnerable, so nothing's gonna happen to you. And it's victim blaming here that it's also part of rape Yeah, I think the Dean says, oh, none of us want to admit when we've made ourselves vulnerable. Like, <laughs> if that's the case, then guys get like absolutely shit-faced. Women don't have the urge to rape them. When you see him kissing her when she doesn't react, I mean, I would never, it would never cross my mind. Like there's a guy who's basically unconscious, couldn't do anything and try to kiss him and be like, oh my God, this is great. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how this is okay. <laughs> and I'm so amazed by this reaction because I was like, but that's not fun. Yeah. The guy doesn't know I'm here. I mean, this is part of like the patriarchy and everything and that they think this is okay. But it's always amazed me. Like every scene that she's being like coerced in something, I'm just like, why are you enjoying this? Hmm. How? I don't get it. If the listeners could see our faces right now, like <laughs> pulling disgusting. that <laughs> It can't be great sex that they're having. <laughs> that they're having, like what? Just buy a flashlight. It all comes back down to like entitlement, isn't it? That sense of entitlement that they can have whatever they want. That's what a woman's purpose is: is to please them, be it conscious or unconscious. Because even like when the, the third guy, when he take her out of the club, and he realizes she's not drunk anymore. It's like, oh, why are you ruining everything? It's like, yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with you? Like, uh, so now that she's not drunk, it's not fun anymore. Like, it's 
even if she wanted to, like you, you would you would think they would say, oh, she's not drunk and she still want to come. That would be good. But mm. now it's like, no, no, this is not fun anymore. And and yeah, this is uh, appalling and very scary. It was kind of funny seeing, particularly the second guy. I think because he's obviously quite a famous actor and he's been in a lot of comedies. It was kind of funny watching him being this asshole. But seeing him freak out when he realizes that she's sober and he's like oh but isn't that a good thing and then he's like I think you should leave she's like oh but you were so determined for me to stay a second ago why do you want me to leave now that whole scene I really enjoyed because there was kind of thriller music in the background and there was thunder in the background as well and I'm just kind of being like oh my god I feel so scared for this guy because I have no idea what she's gonna do because we obviously didn't see what happened with the first guy is in like the outcome and I wasn't sure if she's killing these guys or didn't know where it was going to go. And she's obviously just scaring them. But it's funny how his reaction is very different because, you know, like at, some, like at the very beginning, he kissed her nose. He's like being like this very gentle kind of boyfriendish behavior. When she, and when you realize it's like freaking out. And he's like, but we had a connection. Like, <laughs> one of my hobbies. What's my name? Like, well, he was so cringy because he was also saying things that are like why do you guys wear all of that makeup if you don't mind me asking you look so much better without it it's just oh. the patriarchy you know trying to oppress women and I was like oh yeah I know I wanted what? to like I wrote that down like <laughs> it's not all about you everything's not about you oh my god yeah. But I love how, like, I had men telling me this before. Why are you wearing makeup? And I'm overthinking. This is so bullshit. Because most of the men actually like women when they're, like, wearing makeup, when they're, like, the hair done. If you will, if you will come out, like, and every time I heard people say, oh, you look tired. Because I'm not wearing fucking makeup. I'm just, like, I'm done. This. <laughs> Don't ever tell me women should not wear makeup when when we don't. We have like comments, we have like critics, and no, it's true. And all because when you watch, I love people watching on public transport, like you know, on the tube when you've got nowhere to go for ages. But if you watch guys, they always follow. The, you know that there's always that one hot girl that comes in and she looks beautiful, and they all like stare at her, and then like they never look at the normal girls, um, but they always like ogle over these beautiful girls and then you think yeah like then you say oh it's okay be natural not really mm. though as long as you yeah. naturally look like her then you're fine <laughs> he screams every morning when he wakes up next to me and sees my <laughs> <laughs> realizes he's dating a banshee he's all like oh. <laughs> but yeah that idea of oh if a girl's wearing makeup then that's because she's trying to impress men I know but also the fact that he says it in the movie seems like mm. you know he's trying to be like the what guy like the guy who's like no I understand women like women should be natural and then one minute later you're ready to rape her but so but that's okay I mean the whole thing yeah. is trying to be like no but you're beautiful without the makeup and stuff it's oh, sickening but I'm a nice guy I'm a nice guy are you <laughs> because there are so many because this happened with me the me too movement and recently sarah everard when men are like oh not all men we're like some of us are nice guys and i think this film does such a good job of being like some of you think you're nice guys but you're still 
a part of this. Even the taxi driver, when she's going home with the guy in the first scene, the taxi driver has commented on how drunk she is because he's just cleaned his car and doesn't want her to be sick. And he hears that other guy being like, oh, should we just go to my mind's just around the corner? You would hope someone would say, intervene. Like he could have intervened on her behalf and done something but he just takes her to that guy's house. Does the taxi driver know if they know each other or not? That's the only other thing. That's what I was wondering, because it it could seem like this is a couple or like a couple of friends and he's taking her. And, but it's hard to say, I wouldn't like, I understand what you're saying, Joe, but I'm not sure a hundred percent. I thought the same thing as Emma, like, do we know that like, is there any proof that they don't know each other? in the ca- uh, in the taxi I have no idea no possibly not I think I ended up thinking of it because a lot of the film seems to be about the people who weren't the rapist but didn't believe Cass- uh, didn't believe Nina rather um so yeah I, but you're right I don't know I can't remember the, what the exact dialogue was or and whether it's obvious that they don't know each other I don't remember so yeah and also, obviously, because uh, I don't know whether that guy was Latinx or meant to not. I can't remember, but because obviously he's not a big character, so you don't you don't see a lot of him. I think, yeah, I think he is. Yeah, because there's also the risk of then like talking to a white guy and getting a white guy in trouble, and yeah, so there there is obviously a lot more to do with that. But one of the things other things loved about this film is that so normally in rape revenge films we see the woman going after the person who raped her whereas in this film Cassie I mean first of all Cassie is not the person who was raped we're just seeing how rape is affecting it doesn't just affect one person it affects obviously Nina's now dead so it's affected her mother it's affected Cassie's parents who I think at one point say Nina was like a daughter to us and we really miss her and obviously for Cassie, it's had a huge effect, but she seeks revenge on not just the guy who raped her, but also on the friend that Nina turned to when she needed help. And I think that's Madison. Madison doesn't believe her. She seeks revenge on the lawyer who defended Al, the rapist. And then she also goes after Dean Walker, who was the authority figure that Nina turned to at the university for help. And I quite liked that it was looking at how it's not just the rapist who's at fault. There were all of these people who had a chance to do something and they didn't. They blamed Nina for what happened to her and didn't help. And the only one who was sorry about that was the lawyer. Everyone else sort of doubled down on Mm. what they'd said before instead of going, you're right, I really messed up. It was wrong of me. He was the only one who sort of said, I've had a breakdown. (laughs) I feel awful, I can't sleep. What was really interesting was Ryan. That's her boyfriend, right? Yeah. Mm. And how, like, it didn't even occur to him that he was involved with something involving her best friend. And I'm assuming everyone knew that she died by then as well, that there might have been some trauma related to that. Like, he didn't even address it, did he? He just turned up and, like, they never spoke about it. And I think that's what shocked me when I learned that I realised it was there. Because the whole part when, you know, there is like this like 20 minutes when it's like a rom-com, when she decided to stop uh, going out with like random guys and decided to have like an actual life, a boyfriend, being happy and all this. And you have this part when you're thinking, at this point he knows 
what happened to her best friend. He knows that she had to drop out of medical school for this. He knows all this, but he doesn't say anything because he knows if he says something, this is over. Like, I mean, he must have known that if he said, look, I saw your friend getting raped and I didn't do anything, there was no way she would speak to him again. And that's what I thought the movie was great also in the thriller kind of way, because I think it's the worst of the nice guys, mm. because he actually thought it would be fine. And because he loves her, it's okay, because he understands, like, he's, he's going to make her happy, their love is going to be enough, and whatever happened in the past is in the past. And I love her reaction when he says to her, like, but no, you, you have to forgive me because I love you. And she's like, no. And her mm. no is like, so direct it's like and i'm like thank you like this is not okay and the fact that she never even questioned like the love he has for her it was like you lie about a big thing i was wondering whether it was more that he had just forgotten about it and didn't think he'd done anything wrong because when she confronts him he's like oh i don't remember i was just a kid and when she shows him the video he's like i don't want to see this and then he hears his voice and he's like Oh, I wonder whether he thinks, oh, I only watched, I didn't do anything. Because I think, is it Madison said the same thing? She was like, I don't really remember it. There was all sorts of stuff happening. And Cassie's like, did this not have a big impact on you? So I wonder if that's going back to what Amon was saying before, that they just thought, oh, she, it wasn't rape because she was just drunk and she was actually into it. And whether and whether it just didn't occur to him yeah. that that's what happened to her and that maybe he should be up front with her and say oh I was there and I don't know I'm just so either it's that he knew it would be a problem for her and he lied or whether it just it was such a small thing in his life what happened to her that it didn't even occur to him to think of it I don't know which is worse because Madison actually said she didn't she say like watching it back I can't believe you used to find that funny yeah so maybe he just put it down to like he didn't think it was a rape or sexual assault he thought it was funny but it, what world is that funny? But that's my problem here. It's like, okay, so maybe, yeah, you know, like we can say it was the time or we younger or whatever, but it's still bad. Even if it was like you thought it was funny at the time, it's still a hopeful thing. And they knew this. Like the fact that she said we used to think it was funny, which means she knows that it's not anymore and it shouldn't have been in the first place. And he's, Ryan, it's the same. Like he's like, oh, I don't remember. But now think about it. Like you cannot say I didn't do anything because you were complicit in this. And the fact that it's also playing the nice guy card and saying like I didn't do anything, still the problem. I know. What in what world watching someone have sex with the guy and recording it, is that funny? And your friends being around. The video, the fact that there's a video, like you can see like 10 years later, she's like. And you just realize like how there is a video. People have seen it because she said it was shared. And there and what you understand there is they went to the school, they were in an investigation, and nothing was found. So this video never came up. I don't think there was an investigation at the school, was there? Because the dean had sort of I don't think the dean believed Nina. I think she didn't do anything about it. Because she says, you know, what am I meant to do? Like ruin a boy's life every time an accusation is made it's funny you know how she said we had like one or two a week and you're like so you don't think this is a problem like yeah. the fight that you're just like 
saying this is like, oh, it's nothing. You're like, you should investigate this. Like one or two week? Are you insane? Like you should like call the school. I don't know. Do something about it. Yeah, because Madison as well, when she gives Cassie the phone, she says, oh, you know what it's like? There was stuff going on all the time. And I remember thinking like, I wonder if something similar has happened to other women then at the time. Like the way that they were talking about it makes it seem like it wasn't that out of the ordinary and it wasn't that big a deal what happened because it only seems to be a big deal for Cassie everyone else she confronts is like oh I don't remember it like no one because I think even the dean's like oh because it's the great bit when she says oh who was it reported to and Cassie's like you (laughs) you spoke to her oh yeah can we talk about the discussion with the dean it's Mm. because that's also like as much as you have all the men who are awful in this movie you also have this woman who's like it's pretty disturbing how she doesn't seem to think something bad happened. And uh, I mean, the actress is very good in being like mm. very stoic and like trying to have like, I'm, I have to be a blank canvas and I have to be objective and listening to both parties, but also protecting the man and saying that this is a very young, promising, promising man. Like he's going to be a surgeon. So we couldn't like risk him losing his life. And the fact that she doesn't even mention Nina, and because, I mean, like you said, like she must have known what happened to, to her, and now she's now dead, and nobody seems to care. Yeah, and the fact that she knows what guys are like, because when her own daughter was with guys, she just suddenly was like, oh my God, what have you done? But if that's how you think about men, then that's how, you, you know, like you can't just pick and choose when a man is a predator or not. My favourite bit, I think, about whole interaction was when Cassie says, Oh, do you remember Al Monroe? I think his name is. And the dean goes, Oh, Al, he's a really nice guy. He actually came in and talked to us recently. And I was like, Oh. But then I think that just goes to show, doesn't it? Like, guys can literally get away with anything, especially a white privileged guy. Like, he's yeah. it's forgotten about. I mean, even how at the end they thought they would get away with it. And it's just like, well, they're all at college and they're getting drunk and partying and these girls have put themselves in vulnerable situations. So it happens all the time. The further out of uni I get, and the more I hear about stories like this, the more I'm like, I think that's really lucky at uni. I think me and my friends are really fucking lucky. Well, there are still lots of problems with UK universities, obviously, but we don't have the kind of frat boy mm. sorority things here, which probably helps but it's still but this is the whole thing with Brett Kavanaugh and all of that wasn't it no one believed it was rape or like it was just a boy being a boy and doctor what was her name Amy I feel like I should have remembered her name and not his name yeah uh, um Kristen Blasey Ford yeah where's Amy come from but that would have been exactly the same situation wouldn't it and it's a very Americanized culture I know because when you compare it's actually the same way because when Christine Blasey Ford actually uh, testified, she was very calm. She said all the facts without being angry, without any emotion, and very, very factful. And when he came on, he was almost crying, yelling at people. You just see like how she should be the one yelling at him. And she was criticized about the way she reacted, but him yelling, almost like crying because of his family, because he's a good man, he's a father, he has daughters and everything. And this is exactly the same thing. Like he was like, oh, but do, do you want to ruin his life? Like his life is important. Like, he has daughters. Do you want his children to look at him differently? 
But on the other hand, she's saying that make an impact on her life. Mm. You may not remember it, and you may not think it was bad, but it like these five minutes of, of, of bad make a lot of impact on her. And it doesn't seem she knew this. It always seems to be about protecting the guy and because it's Brett, the guy who was the swimmer, and they didn't want or is that someone yeah. different? No, no, there was that 15-year-old, isn't it, that he was caught, he's actually caught kneeling next to this girl and they, they let him off because he's got his whole life ahead of him. Yeah, he's an amazing swimmer. But yeah, it was his dad wrote a letter to the judge saying that they shouldn't ruin his life for 20 minutes. He actually said for 20 minutes of actions. So frustrating because they're not looking at how, but it's not just 20 minutes of action for that woman. It's how life has been affected like obviously in this film Nina we're not told but the assumption is that she died by suicide and maybe if people had believed her and tried to support her and help that wouldn't have happened instead everyone apart from Cassie everyone she tried to turn to mm. doesn't believe her and I imagine if she was still alive and could then see that Al was really successful and I mean obviously Cassie's sort of seeing that and she sort of says to Al at the end like I really wanted to be a doctor and I dropped out of medical school and you got to go ahead and be really successful and get married. And Nina's dead. I'm not living the dream that I had. And that's all your fault. But for the Dean, she's like, oh, I don't want to ruin their lives. And also, I don't think he sees anything wrong with what he did. Because even at the end, like until the end, he keeps saying he hasn't done anything. Like he says, I was a kid. And I love how she said, like, if I hear this one more time, because mm-hmm. like this is such an excuse to say like oh I, I didn't thought about it but the fact that you don't show any remorse doesn't change like it's actually as bad because today you still don't have remorse but until the end he never says that he's done anything did anyone see the ending coming because I think I actually covered my mouth with my hands because I was like wait she's not gonna die though right she's gonna pop back up yeah that's what I thought I thought oh my I thought she's faking it so that she could like get his knee off and then then do what she needed to do yeah because I was like just just pretend just pretend because then he'll get off you and you can you'll be fine and then obviously it cuts to the morning and then the friend comes in and I was like but she's dead is she she dead is she actually dead oh my god I I kind of knew she was gonna die at some point because I didn't see how it's gonna go I, I mean I kind of like yeah it was like she's gonna die I didn't thought she would die this way though and I think the fact that this scene is so long oh my god because that's also what makes you hope that she's gonna leave because it's like she's still moving she's still moving and she made at some point wake up but it's also I think this scene is so powerful because it's long and because you actually realize how hard it is to kill someone like it's not like you know like in movies you're like she put a pillow on her head and, and, and she's dead no no it takes strength and it's like, like you have to have the will to do it because it could have stopped like a like 500 times when it could like like control her and take like not killing her but I cannot imagine the actor playing this. It's so hard to show like the will to kill someone. It was an awful, awful scene, obviously, but so powerful to see like, yeah, this is what happened. This is, I don't know. Okay, so, and also at the end of the day, she didn't kill anyone. She could have get the woman raped by the other guy. She didn't do that. I think she hired someone to kill the lawyer, then decided against it. Like, 
you can see like she was angry and she wanted to like hurt them. But at the end, like she still had the option and put it decided against it, which I think it shows also like it's a revenge movie, but it's not like she's, she wasn't ready to kill people. She wanted, because even when she goes out and talk to all those men and say, and like scare them away, it's not really revenge. It's more like you need to stop this. What you're doing is not okay. It's not about hurting them because you don't see her hurting anyone, really. The most damage she does is to that guy's car at the intersection. <laughs> She's having a nervous breakdown at this point, so, you know. Yeah. I do like that when she is walking back from that guy's house in the morning and she's eating that hot dog and there's ketchup all down her and she's barefoot, yeah. her shirt's untucked and those builders start catcalling her and she just stands and stares at them and they go so quickly from making sexual innuendos towards her to them being really pissed off with her because she's just stood staring at them and they get really angry really quickly yeah I, I enjoyed that bit a lot but yeah the ending I was just I just couldn't believe it also I don't know whether I should have found it funny or not but the guy who played Joe Al's friend is in New Girl oh I love him Yes. It's so fun, but it's hard to watch him being this douchebag character you're meant to dislike. I actually think it's perfect because we the face he has, the behavior he has, is like a good friend, but he's also the nice good friend who will protect you no matter what, which means protecting your friend from murder, from rape, yeah. from everything. And you see a dead girl in the in the bed, and he's like, okay. Let's move on. We're gonna burn her, and yeah. we're gonna find her, and this is gonna be fine. Like he hurt, like, and also the fact that he hugged him when he's crying. He's like, you didn't do anything. Like it was fine because at the end of the day, he doesn't see her as human, and it's like. Do you think it's because also she's a stripper? Yes, yeah, she's even so. more of a just a commodity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think this is the way he talks about her. Like it's like, oh no, no, you didn't do anything. It was fine. It was like it's a stripper, and it's like. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not the end of the world. He has like the fact that he's like, okay, we're gonna burn her. It's a weirdly sweet moment where he's hugging Al on the bed and Al's in tears, and he's like, it's okay, and it's so tender. I'm like, oh, if only they weren't hugging because Al had just killed the woman who was friends with the woman he'd raped. <laughs> Jesus, but it did really make me laugh when Al, uh, Joe was like, Al, why is the fucking stripper dead? <laughs> he's obviously just like. What is this kind of 90s situation you're in where you've killed the stripper? You're standing, what's going on, Al? <laughs> when I rewatched the film yesterday, I found watching her being smothered more uncomfortable than I did the first time. And I think it's because the first time I was like, she's going to be fine though, right? She's, she's going to be fine. Whereas this time watching it, I obviously know she's not going to be fine. I'm watching her being killed very slowly and painfully and it felt more distressing to watch the second time around because of that we really see this kind of scene as being realistic and it, it kind of like took out the whole fun and games of this movie and when he was doing it he was saying this is your fucking fault and obviously she was about to carve him up which i i get he's defending himself but also she wouldn't have been there if he hadn't raped her friend and as we saw with the lawyer because he was genuinely sorry for his the part that he played she then just leaves him be he's obviously suffering enough so I don't know whether the same would have happened with Al if he'd genuinely been like yeah I, I can't believe I did that I'm devastated instead 
he obviously says, oh, it wasn't my fault. I was a kid. And so, yeah, I think hearing him say to her, this is all your fault. It's like, mm, it's not, though, is it? Ryan, though, when he the police talk to him and he has an opportunity to say, yeah, actually, she did go to this guy's house. But he's like, oh, no. And she, yeah, she told me about that work trip. And yeah, she was not she wasn't in a good place. So she could have hurt herself. Why is he still protecting that guy? He's meant to be in love with this girl. He protects himself. Yeah, I think that's the same thing. I think he thinks if something's happened to her, they will then end up figuring out about Nina and the tape. And then he'll get in trouble because uh, he's in the tape. I think that's why. It's still really shitty because he's just been told she's missing and he knows that she went and put herself in a position where she could have died, which is what happened. I mean, even that, like, I mean, obviously it's not shown in the film, but even if then he, in the film he went to go and find her by himself, something, if he clearly yeah. loved, if he really loved her, it's only a day ago, it's not or like a week ago, it's not like it was months, you know. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. It's, it's disappointing. But I'm not, I wasn't surprised. I was like, it would have actually been surprised if he told them. Because even, you know, when she confronts him, it doesn't say something bad happened. So it's actually like, it's like, no, no, I didn't do anything. I just was there, but I didn't do anything. And it's protecting himself at all costs. And if he means throwing her under the bus, he will do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, the other thing that I don't like about this film, and I, by other thing, I mean the only thing I don't like about this film, is I now have Paris Hilton on my Spotify because oh. that song in the pharmacy where they're singing along and dancing to it is really catchy. And I didn't know until the second watch that it's Paris Hilton. I was like, oh! No, but I love oh. that they, they put a very girly kind mm. of music in the movie. And it's actually like, uh, I don't know, I like it. I, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not listening to the Paris Hilton I was watching a video of, with Emerald and she was saying she wants there to be lots of kind of girly pop music because she really loves that kind of music and think it gets looks down on and I, I do feel like she got me with the Paris Hilton song because I definitely look down on her which is maybe not very nice to Paris because I don't know anything about her and now I listen to her on Spotify so thanks for that Emerald. Yes. <laughs> Um, is there anything else anyone wanted to say before we rate the film? Oh, but okay. So one of the feeling I had when I finished this movie. So for people who've seen Get Out, mm -hmm. I felt it was like a Get Out woman. Yeah, you know yeah, I can get that. Like the mm -hmm. way I've seen it as a black person, and the way I've seen this movie. I mean, when I've seen Get Out as a black person, I was like, everybody should see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and every white person should see this movie because it's so very it's yeah. so good. and I kind of felt the same way but then I had the same reaction for a lot of my white friends who would say like, like it was good but it was okay I'm like there's so so many things in this movie that are amazing that you don't see and I think this is kind of what's gonna happen especially because it came out in 2020 and 2021 and the marketing cannot be as good because it couldn't go out in, in cinemas and stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that you're saying about Get Out because until you point out to me that the, when the police turn up at the end, that's scary, I didn't realise because obviously as a white person, I was like, oh, the police are here, he'll be fine now. Obviously, for a black man, it's like, oh no, they're going to think that he's I all those the boys. bad guy. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I wonder if there'll be a lot of men who will watch this and just not pick up on a lot of things that women are aware of they'll just see it as a, it's another way for women to trap them or they'll be like you're painting men in such a bad light in this film yeah 
yeah or yeah like it's you're just trying to make men look bad it's, yeah this is what you do yeah or don't that. get drunk that's what you'll get see what happens when you get drunk okay shall we move on to rating it shall we do the intersection side first mm-hmm. because we haven't really spoken about gail but i think a big part of that is because she's not a huge part of the film she I like her in it. She seems like a great friend, but we don't find out anything about Gail. She's sort of there to ask questions of Cassie and yeah. to just facilitate Cassie's story. So, I don't know, one? I'd say one, because she's black and trans, isn't she? Yeah. So, and then, yeah, I don't know. I'm... And I mean, in a way, okay, I understand that there's not a lot of, like, people of color in this movie, or people or like non cisgender straight people, but in the same time, the way that Lavin Cross is not even mentioned as being like she's just seeing as how, who she is. She can be trans, she cannot be. We don't care. This is not important. I think that's a good that's a good thing. Even like the uh, Sam Richardson who played the black guy that she's take, supposed to leave, she's supposed to live with. Even him is not like being shown like this like stereotypical black guy either. But so I would give like, I mean, I don't know, like two, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I do think it's important that Laverne was in it as, it feels tricky to talk about because I don't want to raise her transness. And I know some trans people feel really proud that they're trans and want people to know and other trans people just want to be cis, essentially. They just want people to see them as a woman or a man and not to tag trans on. And I don't know how Laverne feels, but as a viewer, it's, it feels really nice to see trans actors getting to play again I don't want to say cis women but anyway (laughs) I feel like I'm getting myself in a pickle unnecessarily okay let's give it a two I feel like for the women we should give it a five because I don't think there's anything in it I'd want other than the fact that they're all very skinny and I think all of the women in the film are very slender but is it something that we rated before I think it's just worth noting that we're still not seeing women in films who are average size or bigger. They're all sort of very tiny. Because there's that shot where um, you see Carrie Mulligan's back and it's minuscule. I thought it was a child. And she does joke, doesn't she? She jokes when she's with Ryan that how many people, I'll bet you how many people think you're with a child from the back or something. Mm. But yeah, like when they did that, when she got that white T-shirt on, She's tiny. Yeah. She is tiny. And I I know, I think for the main character, it's probably important she was because a lot of men would want to go for that kind of tiny girl physique. But a lot of the other characters could have been bigger. But I don't know whether, because we said that about Birds of Prey, but still gave it five. Yeah. It's just, it would be nice to see that diversity. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have diverse... I mean, her mom is not... Is her mom's... mom's yeah, mom. but it's always an older woman, isn't it? It's always yeah. the mumsy figures yeah. that are a bit bigger or normal-looking. And then... By the way, the fact that her mom is played by the mom in American Pie, <laughs> I think it's amazing. <laughs> Me too. It's so nice to see her being in films, like, today. Like, oh, my gosh, it's Stifler's mom. That's cool. <laughs> Because oh, I think Ryan at some point is like, your mum's really hot. <laughs> That's like, yes, she is. I feel happy giving it a five. Yeah, I do. Cool. Okay. So I get a seven out of ten. It's such a shame it's not a femme fresh. 
Everybody wants it to be. Okay, but the thing is, it's not because it's not 10, on, 10 out of 10 from Fresh that it doesn't mean it's a good movie. I mean, we, yeah. like, we talked about movies that are actually very good. It's just that when you look on the woman, person of color spectrum, they're not very great. This movie is, I think, one of the best movies I've seen this year. Yeah, it's not perfect in any way. Agreed. Everyone should see this film. Yeah, no. Cool. So uh, Promising Young Woman gets 7 out of 10. Um, hopefully everyone can see it soon. I know not everyone has access to now TV or Sky. But as I said, get the free <laughs> membership thing. Because they always do a trial. If you've had it before, just use a different email address. And we're never getting sponsored by now TV. <laughs> but I really want everyone to see it. So if that means you're getting a free trial and cancelling it, then so be it. If you want to get involved in the chats and let us know what you thought of the film, then you can find us at Real Feminism on Instagram and Facebook. And that's Real Start R-W-E-L. I want to say a very big thank you to my co-host today for joining me to discuss this amazing film. <laughs> okay. Uh, normally you guys say, oh, thanks. Oh, sorry. But- <laughs> you were like uh, uh, okay sorry i thought you were gonna carry on talking sorry (laughs) and a thank you to lee for doing the editing and producing and artwork for the podcast and thank you to sandra for doing the music that you hear at the beginning and end of the podcast and we'll be back in your ears in two weeks time where we'll be discussing bo burnham's debut movie eighth grade Until then, bye! Bye!